welcome into another edition of The Shot Show. My name is Curtis. I'm going to be your host for this evening. Tonight, I'm joined by... Mario. Josh. And Jordan. So let's jump into this. This is our pregame episode leading into Georgia State. Homecoming on the campus of Coastal Carolina, getting ready to take on the Panthers. What are you guys' initial takeaways from this team that's coming in to face us? I really think they've been kind of inconsistent this year. Every ranked team they play, they seem to be able to hold up with them, but then they play like Georgia Southern or Louisiana, well not Louisiana, but Arkansas State, and they get blown out. So they definitely, it seems like they get up for the big games, and then, but really they're not that great of a football team. So, But we're ranked in the AP poll, so they'll probably get up for this one. Yeah, like you said, Josh, I'm looking at that as well, because I mean, earlier in the year they gave Auburn a pretty good, pretty good scare uh, at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and then all the other ranked games were kind of blowouts their way. So I was just looking to see how they were going to come in here and try to respond to us coming off of a really good, grueling win in the rain down at uh, Georgia uh, Southern. So I'm just curious to see how they're going to come in here. Um, we don't really know much. We know they run the ball a lot just based on the statistics and everything that we've seen. So um, just looking to see how they're going to approach coming in here and trying to see how they might try to put up an upset against us this week. Yeah, yeah. ranked 15th nationally for their run game, second in the Sun Belt behind Coastal. So they've definitely got the run game down. Um, but quoting from an article by ABC Columbia, uh, <laughs> it's not good. Um you know, Sean Elliott talked earlier this week, we've got to do it in a hurry. We've addressed that in our team meeting what we need to do better offensively. And certainly we've got to throw the ball better. We've got some talented receivers that are doing a lot of blocking right now, and they should be doing a lot more catching. <laughs> so their quarterback just can't throw the ball. And it's, you know, it's a homecoming for him as well. He grew up in Conway, went to Conway High School. Uh, didn't get any offers from Coastal or any other local D1 teams. Uh, went to Furman and then transferred to Georgia State. So that'll be an interesting little matchup to see how motivated he is. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of family and friends in the stands to, to see him play this week. But... Yeah, it doesn't look like he's uh, the scariest quarterback that Coastal has faced all season. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But I think this is going to be very, very interesting. You know, as you guys said, like Georgia State, when it comes to the big games, they really do show up. But when it comes to like the games where it's fairly even or they're supposed to win, you know, they're getting like blown out. Honestly, I think this might be Darren Granger's one of his best games. I'm going to say that right now. You know, you're going into Conway. You know, you're probably going to have some family there watching you. And not only that, like, you would like to prove wrong to the team that didn't recruit you. Like, hey, look, here's a reason why you should have, at least. But overall, like, I completely agree with you. The wide receivers, they haven't been really, like, productive this year. They are good wide receivers. They're leading wide receivers. Jamari Thrash and Josiah Scredo, they're, they're good wide receivers. They just haven't been used properly. Yeah, and I really don't think in our like we haven't really been that fair to Georgia State. They're really not that bad. Their only losses are to Army, Auburn, App State, and Louisiana. Yeah, which and is three of those teams. have been ranked. They Louisiana last week they lost to them by four points, and with two and a half minutes they were winning that game. So they really do get up for the big games, and then they they beat the crap out of Charlotte. Um, they beat and, Duke. Uh, they beat UL Monroe as well, and they beat Texas State and Georgia Southern. So they win the games they're supposed to win, but they're just very inconsistent, and they have had a way tougher schedule than Coastal has. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, you brought up Army, which is not an excellent team, but 
a better out-of-conference right. team than Coastal played this season. Mm-hmm. They also had North Carolina on the schedule and Auburn. And, you know, they got blown out by North Carolina. At the time, North Carolina was in the top 25. Um, a couple weeks later, they play Auburn. And like you said, Jordan, gave them headaches. It, there was a point in that game where it looked like Georgia State was pulling the upset. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was a week after Auburn had lost in State College to Penn State uh, in that matchup that game day was at. And you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this is an Auburn team that should be super motivated coming off of a big loss on a big stage and they're laying an egg against Georgia State. How good is Georgia State? As we have learned through the course of this season, not great. However, I still think Coastal needs to respect this team, needs to give them the attention that they deserve. You can't afford to be looking forward. As Coastal, I know the season's wrapping up and you're looking forward to bowl games. You're looking forward to getting off campus and playing who knows where. But this is a team, if you overlook them, Granger's going to run the ball. He's a Mm -hmm. big dual threat guy. He's got the legs. He can punish you in that way. To quote again, Sean Elliott again, we've got to stretch this thing out. He said, we're playing football in a 10 by 10 box. That bodes well for Coastal. If they can't change their game plan and they can't, you know, you can't just pull a new quarterback out of thin air, I think Coastal can defend in a 10 foot by 10 foot box almost as good as anyone in the country, par Georgia, right? So I think this works out in Coastal's favor with where this is headed right now. Yeah, and this is another game with bulletin board material, not necessarily what any of Georgia State's been saying, but if Georgia State wins this game, they're ahead of Coastal in the Sun Belt East because they'd both be 4-2, and two, and Georgia State would have the tiebreakers. So we really do need to respect Georgia State and seriously not take them lightly. Well, here's one thing i got to say. Um, with, along with Granger coming in, it's, they got 18 players on that Georgia State team that are from the state of South Carolina. See, you tell me that none of those 18 players don't want this game, Coastal better come ready to play because I'm telling you, this is going to be a game – where if it starts getting late into the fourth quarter and Georgia State is hanging around, it it could get it could be a scare for us too. So I need I need us to be on our game and I need us to come out ready to play and um, we need to try to get into a fast start just like Sean Elliott, uh, coach of the Panthers, was talking about. We need to get a head start as well. So I look for us to have a fast start come Saturday. Yeah, one of the things that's going to help with that fast start is our quarterback play. As of right now, Bryce Carpenter is slated to start. We got a little bit of an update from Jamie Chadwell. Um, To quote him, he said, there's potential Grayson couldn't play again this season, and there's potential he can. Could it be three more weeks? Yeah, it could be. Could it be less than that? Sure. And essentially what he's saying there is, you know, could Grayson play? Absolutely, probably. You know, he could probably play this weekend. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason for him to? Not really, no. This is a kid that's definitely going to be back next year. He made some comments later on in that same uh, teleconference that, you know, they're looking forward to having Grayson back next year. He's not mentioned the transfer portal to anybody. He's not mentioned early entry into the NFL draft to anybody. So he's worried about his quarterback's future. So it leads us to the thinking that Grayson McCall's on the sidelines, Bryce Carpenter's on her center. And as my, all of you guys know, this is the Bryce Carpenter fan show, mm-hmm. or might as well be. <laughs> we're yeah, super right. confident in that guy. You're right. We totally trust him to lead this team. But where are you at with you know McCall and, and Carpenter right now? Look, I'm going to say this right now. McCall is a tough dude. He really is. But I do respect what Jamie Chadwell and Coastal's football team is doing. You know, Again, 
make, keep this man healthy. Make sure this man gets 100% healthy. There's no need to put him into the fire and potentially do something to him, you know? The game against um, Troy. Yeah, Troy, thank you. The game against Troy, again, a very close game, and McCall was getting beat up a lot, you know? And that's something that, as Coastal fans, even though we know he's tough, we don't want to see. But absolutely, we are, hu we are huge fans of Bryce Carpenter. We have a lot of confidence in him as a quarterback because the man a couple years ago was the starting quarterback for Coastal Carolina. He has that experience. I have a lot of confidence in Bryce Carpenter, so there's really no need to rush Grayson McCall back. Yeah, and Bryce Carpenter is also a tough dude, a guy that runs, and he doesn't slide, and he delivers no. hits. We love that. and we like that. He's really just a confident guy, and when, when he goes in there, we have no doubts in our mind that we will still be able to win all the games that we should. I really don't think our ceiling drops that much. I think it definitely does a little bit, but I don't think it drops that much by having Bryce in there. And I truly believe that all 50, 60, 70 guys in the locker room as well also have this same kind of faith in Bryce Carpenter. Yeah, for me, I, I just you, you want to make sure everybody's healthy at this point in time. We're getting late into the season, and we're getting close to bowl games and things like that, so... I just – here's my thing. I don't want this to turn into, like, a Dallas Cowboy um, scenario like it's been, like, last week. When they played the Denver Broncos, Dak was just coming off that injury. Didn't look great. Week before, they played the Vikings. Cooper Rush comes in, first career start, falls out. Yeah. Leads them to that victory on Sunday Night Football. We need to go with who we think is going to lead us in the right direction, and we all know that that's Grayson. But at this point in time, if you are not healthy to come out there and play – we have full confidence in Bryce Carpenter knowing that he can come in and lead us to victory week in and week out. So, like you said, Mario, he used to be the starting quarterback here uh, of this team before Grayson McCall uh, came into the picture. So, um, we love Grayson and we love Bryce, and we just want the best for we just want the best for the team and who's going to lead us to the victory. And I think that uh, right now you need to give it to uh, Bryce Carpenter. He's waiting and he's had his opportunity, and now this is his opportunity. You don't think he wants this? Bryce, go out there, have a, have a day on homecoming. Yeah, and um, our current backup for this upcoming game, if Grayson's out, would also be Jared Guest. And we talked about that. We also have confidence in Jared yeah. Guest as well. He's kind of a more pro style, but he can run a little bit. And I think we even have a case for one of the best third-string quarterbacks in the country as well. So we're confident in that as well. Yeah, every time Guest has gotten in the game, it's been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, again, that's he's probably playing against second and third team defenses on teams that are not good anyways. But he's come in, he's run the offense, he's looked confident and competent. That's all you can ask for, and so I'd be confident in him coming in as well. You know, it, it's always a conundrum that I'm glad I don't coach, I'm glad I don't have to deal with, because is Grayson McCall at 60% better than Bryce Carpenter at 100? I don't think so. Um, I know Grayson brings a lot of things to the table. We don't know what the injury is also. That's the other thing I wanted to mention here. It, mm -hmm. They've just kept listing upper body. They haven't said it's his shoulder, his chest, his rib cage, his, you know, we don't know. Yeah. His collarbone. We don't know. We have no idea. So, you know, that's the other thing playing into this is if it's his throwing shoulder, leave him alone. Put him on the shelf. Who cares? Absolutely. We'll come back next year. We'll be just as strong. Might even be better. And you've got a fully healthy Grayson McCall coming off of a, a full offseason and a couple extra weeks to right. recover. Um, but with that being said, you know, kind of look at a couple of other things that are coming into this game. Uh, the Chanticleers have won 12 straight games at home, one shy of the program record. Uh, that was set in 2012 to 2014 when they were in the FCS. So, you know, you've moved up a division and now you're still playing well. You're still defending home turf really well. 
That being said, Georgia State has won both games they've played at Coastal. They've never lost in Conway, so this is a chance to change that. With those couple of things out of the way, we're going to turn to you guys, and what do you think, what is your landmark stat? And what I mean by that is what's a stat that you think if Coastal hits, this game wins, or if Coastal limits a Georgia State player to this number, then Coastal wins this game. Where are you at with it, Josh? I think that my landmark stat is probably Bryce Carpenter, two passing touchdowns, because Georgia State has a good run defense. They're one of the better run defenses in the country, and I think if we can't move the ball in the air, then we actually might have trouble, and we might get into a close game, just like what we saw with Auburn and just like what we saw last week with Louisiana. If Bryce Carpenter can air it out a little bit, which we know he can, but sometimes they're a little hesitant to call plays and allow him to air it out, we need to let him do what he needs to do and throw the ball. And if he throws for two passing touchdowns, then I think we blow out Georgia State, to be honest. Um, for me, I got two. I think for the first one, I think that um, Bryce Carpenter needs to have at least 200 to 250 yards passing in the game. Um, listen, we all, we all saw stats from last week's game. They played in pretty much torrential downpour yep. down in Statesboro, Georgia yep. last week. And it's kind of hard to throw the ball and sling it when it's raining like that. And it's cold as well. So I think tomorrow, hey, sunny skies. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff game. It's supposed to be beautiful. Yep. 70 degrees, no wind, no nothing. So, so Bryce, needs to, Bryce needs to just air it out. Use those targets that uh, Grayson has been using all week, uh, all year and, and use it to your advantage. I mean, we got, we got you know, highly. We got likely. We got Cam Brown. Use those players on the outside and, and use them to the best of your ability and rack up those yardage. Uh, you only had 80 yards uh, passing last yeah. week, but I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that he can have at least a 200 to 250 yard, maybe even 300 yards passing game. But at least if he gets to 200, 250 yards passing, I think that's going to be a big one. And the second thing is the defense. I think the defense, rush defense, played really well last week against – uh, Georgia Southern. I think that if the defense can come out and play just like they did last week, maybe even slightly a little bit better, then that's going to help us uh, as well. They run the ball very well, and last week proved that we had a pretty good defense when it comes to the run. So let's see what happens come Saturday. Yeah, I was going to absolutely mention the run defense. I'm glad you did. Um, they have two good, very good running backs. Uh, Tucker Gregg, he averages five and a half yards per carry, and they have Jameis Williams, he averages 6.3 yards per carry. The other thing that I want to mention is Georgia State. They have themselves two pretty good linebackers, Blake Carroll and Jordan Venenciale. Uh, both of them they lead the they lead the uh, they lead their team in sacks. Uh, Carroll has four and a half. Jordan has three. I think if our offensive line can stop that linebacker pressure and stop them from getting after Bryce Carpenter, I think that's a big key for us. And I that's one obstacle that we get out the way in this game. Yeah, I'll keep banging the same drum I've, I've been on all season is turnovers. I think if you can force two turnovers in this game, Coastal wins. That's two more possessions that your offense has that theirs didn't or that you stopped theirs early. I think that's going to be my, you know, one of my statistical landmark. If we walk out of here and you look on the, on the box score and Coastal had two forced turnovers, Coastal's winning this game. And it's probably not all that close, in my opinion. Um, I think another one you could look at is – rushing yards by the quarterback I think if they can hold Granger to under 50 yards I think Georgia State's offense crumbles and by halftime they have to keep throwing the ball and we've established he's not good at that 
So it changes the the perspective of the game, and maybe you force a couple more turnovers that way because he's throwing lame ducks down the field. So who knows? But yeah, I think that's where I'm at is is two yard or uh, two interceptions and under fifty yards for the quarterback. Yeah, and last thing I really wanted to mention that it's not really a landmark stat, but it's definitely a landmark narrative for this game and the rest of the season regarding Bryce Carpenter. He's got one more year of eligibility after this. And he knows it, we all know it, but he definitely knows that he needs to play very well these next couple weeks because the eyes are on him. Every other team that needs a quarterback for next year is on him. If he plays well these last couple weeks and convinces everyone that he can be a starting quarterback again, he can get a transfer job to start somewhere else in the FBS. And I think he'll be motivated to that with one more year. He doesn't want to be here next year. We love him and he's great, but I want to see Bryce Carpenter – I would not be mad if he transfers and starts somewhere else. And he knows that he has to play well these next couple weeks with this opportunity that he has. Yeah, no, I wouldn't hold it against him at all. Would I like to have him as our backup quarterback again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I and it's we had this discussion with our basketball team and having those guys transfer out. If you're transferring up, that's good for Coastal, right? right? Tipler going to one of the best, you know, I don't want to say small schools, but small-er school. Yeah, mid-major school. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Devontae Jones is now starting PG at Michigan. Like, that's good for the Coastal brand to say, hey, listen, we might not be the best basketball team in the country, but we're producing talent that can play on those teams. And, you know, if you can turn the football team into that too, that's awesome. Again, would I love to see Bryce Carpenter on the sidelines next year? Yeah, absolutely. But if he transfers out just as well for him with those statistical landmarks out of the way what are you guys predictions what are we feeling over under sits at 52 coastal enters the game as 10 and a half point favorites yeah i think that over under is pretty solid but i'm definitely going to lean over on that i think it's going to be a close game at the start but i really think third fourth quarter will break away i'm going to put it at 35 21 coastal well last year we all know it was a blowout and um I just I got a I got a weird feeling that Georgia State's gonna come in here and just try to punch us in the mouth. And uh so I just I can see the score being somewhere in the range of thirty four I'm gonna say thirty four twenty one. I'm gonna say we need to have uh we need to have a kicker. <laughs> we need to have a kick. I want us to have a uh, either Liam Gray or or, what, or the other, yeah, Massimo. we need we need a kick. So I just I'll say thirty four or twenty one. Yo, I'm telling you, Jordan, me and you were right here today because I was thinking the same thing. I think a thirteen point, <laughs> I think a thirteen point win. I think a thirteen point win. Look, I think I think Granger is gonna have himself a great game. I think he's gonna have himself a really good game, especially coming back to Conway. I think he's gonna have himself a great game. And plus, like you mentioned, the uh, a bunch of the players on Georgia State who are from South Carolina. I think. I like 34-21. I like it, too. I'm, gonna take I'm, being honest. I like that. I'm very confident with that 35-21, guys. Yeah, I was say, that's now we've got three scores that are literally one point off. Hey, look at the ugly duckling over here. I'm going to be the weird one. Uh, Coastal Carolina wins this game, and I don't think it's close. Okay. I, I'm fully confident in our defense's ability to stop them. Uh, and at halftime, the shape of the game changes. Georgia State has to pass the ball, and they simply can't. Um, and it's it's over going into the fourth quarter. But I'm, I'm going to throw it up at 41 to, uh, let's say, 41-17. Right. I think they yeah. get a late touchdown in there. And then, a little you bit know, closer to our yeah. score. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit different, yeah. 
Jeez. <laughs> you wonder why we do this show, right? Like, we're all, like, literally we're sharing, like, four brain cells collectively. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with Coastal out of the way, let's move national. <sighs> the, the title of last week's episode, or uh, the Georgia Southern Post game, was literally Soapbox because I got up on one and went off on a rant. You I went could, hell. I could do it again. I really, truly Please. could do it again, but I'm not going to. They screwed up again. <laughs> Just like last week, they got one ranking right. They got Georgia at number one. Everywhere else is Ooh. pretty well fucked. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's bad and embarrassing. Number one, Cincinnati's at five outside the playoff. Embarrassing completely. The second, and it's a little bit less... What's the word I want to use? I don't want to say important, but a little bit less controversial, but still in my mind makes no freaking sense. They had Michigan ranked above Michigan State. They literally played two weeks ago, and Michigan State won. Like, you can't say that Michigan's a better team than Michigan State when Michigan State beat them. They both have one loss. Yeah, Yeah. and they both have one loss, right? So that's ridiculous. And then the group of five, completely disrespected again. Um, UTSA. UTSA finally enters the rankings. 23. At 23, which is ridiculous and insane. <laughs> uh, you know, Oklahoma is still drastically underrated. You guys, those of you who listen, um, know my stance on it. If you are going to be undefeated, you deserve to be in, you deserve a chance to win the national championship. So they have Oklahoma ranked wrong. They have Cincinnati ranked wrong. They have UTSA ranked wrong. They have a bunch of schools in. Wisconsin is a bad team, and it's a team with three losses that they keep putting in the rankings. They ranked Purdue after they beat Michigan State, and I don't think that Purdue's a great team either, right? They lose to Ohio State. Well, I mean, like, they're going to get destroyed by Ohio State, and then the committee's going to pat themselves on the back and be like, well, that's another quality win for Ohio State because they beat a ranked Purdue team. You ranked <laughs> Purdue. <laughs> You ranked, but you can't just give want to help out Ohio State. You can't give well, yourself you kudos. But you kind of figured that they were going to put them in the rankings, though, after yeah. knocking off the, the top top two, uh, top ten teams yeah. the last couple weeks. Yeah. So you figured it was coming, but I didn't think 19th was – I didn't think they were going to jump all the way up to 19th. Right, and then another one that I wanted to bring up that's a little bit flying under the radar. We talked a lot last week about how Mississippi State didn't deserve to be in the rankings, and they were. They lost. They fell out of the rankings. Good job, you idiots. You got it right. But Arkansas was the team that beat them. Arkansas has three losses and is now back in the top 25. Did they rank Mississippi State just so they could rank Arkansas this week? Like, like I get it. 25 is a long way from number four. But that's a spot that you could easily give to a group of five team. A team like Coastal, a team like Louisiana, a team like Appalachian right. State, right? That's true. You know, and going outside of our conference, you know, teams – I get Fresno State just lost, but there are other teams around the country that are competitive, good teams that are being shunted because they're not part of a Power 5 team – or a Power 5 conference, excuse me. Yeah, like you said, one thing that I don't think anybody is talking enough about – is, and this isn't even Group of Five, Oklahoma at eight. They could win out and not make the playoff. Granted, if they win out, they beat number 13 and 10. But if they kept an undefeated Power Five team out, which has never happened, right. th- that just sh- this is ridiculous. You would think everything that we know about the committee, an undefeated Power Five team should be number one or two. 
and they can't even stick to their own tendencies right. with and that. So it's crazy. You know, it, it, again, it brings into question the, the playoff committee as a whole and the fact that they're calling it a playoff. Right. It's not a playoff. It's an invitational. Stop calling it a playoff. It's not. Uh, you know, the playoffs in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL, hell, even in FCS, they're playoffs because the teams that deserve to be there get a chance. Record-based, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Completely record-based. Completely record-based. That's true. In the FBS, it's based off of what you did last year, who your head coach is, and what your name is. That is it. Like, that's what it is. That's, that is what it is, and it's ridiculous, and it's unacceptable, but... I don't know. I just I don't want to dwell on it too long. I don't it's, think it's you fine. guys deserve another thirty-five minute diatribe. <laughs> you know, of me just losing my mind in here. Even though I I could, I absolutely could. I don't want to subject you guys to that nightmare again. <laughs> so with that, I think we move to this weekend ahead. What are you guys looking forward to in terms of games that are played this weekend? Obviously, I'm a big UVA guy, but UVA and Notre Dame. UVA has one of the most potent offenses in the country. They host number nine Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame's six-point favorites. And UVA is also 6-3. and They've looked great. And last time that Notre Dame came to Charlottesville, it ended in a Hail Mary. Notre Dame pulled off a win. So I think Brennan Armstrong and UVA is going to be very motivated to get that win. And Virginia currently is tied for first place in the ACC Coastal as well, which isn't really being talked about. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to – it's kind of not a big game, not on a bigger scale, but I'm going to look for Southern Miss and number 23 UTSA. Hey, listen, guys, we just got Southern Miss to join the right. Sun Belt Conference. Yeah. What better way of saying welcome to the Sun Belt yeah. for Southern Miss than to knock off the number 23rd ranked UTSA? Uh, what is that mascot? Roadrunners. Roadrunners. So <laughs> – the let's meat just beeps. <laughs> the meat beeps. <laughs> so let's uh let's let's see what uh I know they're I know they're one and eight. Southern Miss is one and eight, and they're not too good on paper. Doesn't look like they could win this game, but hey, I'm calling an upset. Let's let's bias. get the Sun Belt jumping. <laughs> let's see Southern Miss upset UTSA. I'm yeah, calling it. As a follow up to that, my game of the week, uh, Alabama New Mexico State. Uh, that's going to be a barn burner. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Oklahoma and Baylor uh, is really intriguing to me. We talked about Oklahoma a minute ago being a little bit underranked and underappreciated. I think this is a, a, a game that they can stamp their identity on. And Baylor, too. I mean, Baylor's a two-loss team that's just on the outside of the top ten. A win here, probably. I haven't looked at the Big Big 12 standings, but puts them in contention for a Big 12 title. So that's really, really impressive. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the game that I'm watching most closely. And, I've, I, you know, as much as I'm a fan of the Sun Belt, I love watching Big 12 games because I'm – and, you know – all of the the old guys <laughs> that love the defense first and like a three to nine game is like the best game they've ever watched. Give me sixty five to like seventy two. I, I love that stuff. And the Big Twelve produces at least two or three of those every year. And I'm hoping this is one of them. Video game number. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking at this game. It's a huge game, especially for the committee. They're going to be tuned in. Mississippi State and Auburn. They really want Mississippi State to win again, so then they can put them right back at seventeen and switch places with Auburn. So you know, game of the week right there. I will storm the doors. <laughs> what do you got, Mario? For me, I like 
For me, I like North Carolina State versus Wake Forest. You know, mm-hmm. you got two teams that are in North Carolina, two teams that are ranked, and two teams that are ranked pretty close to Coastal. So, preferably, I would like Wake Forest to win that game and then drop North Carolina State a little bit, just so Coastal can kind of get a little bit of a bump. That's the game I'll be looking at. The other game I'll be looking at is exactly what you just said, Josh. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. You're a big uh, Virginia fan. That's Somebody's going to be talking. Come Somebody's going to be talking. All right, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then we always have to mention, now that we have that loss up in Boone, who App State's playing. They're playing Southern Alabama this week. Appalachian State enters that game as 22.5 points favorites, but that's a 2.30 kickoff this weekend. Uh, you know, that's that's a game where we're hoping for the best but not expecting it. <laughs> um, we need App State to lose a game and then Coastal's in uh, the Sun Belt Championship against Louisiana. So that'd be a really nice time for uh, for the Jaguars to step it up. Hey, Jake Bentley. <laughs> hey, hey, Jake. <laughs> I, I, need, I need you to hear me and hear me good, okay? We'll tag Jake Bentley. Yeah, tag Jake Bentley. This. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I have to say it. Hey, Jake, can you throw for over 500 like you did against Clemson a few years ago? Can you do it this game? Can you do that? He is he's one of the weirdest quarterbacks in in college football history. Like true freshman starts at in the SEC looks like a god amongst men is going to be a, a barn burner and has now transferred twice and is at South Alabama. That's it. That's it. <laughs> a five and four team going into this weekend. That guy has had a crazy, crazy career. But yeah, come with you, Jordan. Come on. Give us something, please. But I think we go ahead, we wrap it up there. This was a really fun episode. We'll uh we'll be back soon to do the post-game episode. But for Mario, Josh, and Jordan, I'm Curtis signing us off. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. Send us those DMs. We uh, have got a couple of artists that have submitted uh, designs. Keep those rolling in. We'd love to see something new. We're uh, in the process of trying to find a new logo. So if this is your first time hearing my call out, send us a logo. The only requirement is that it is square in format. So don't care what the size, but just same dimensions one way and the other. And with that, I think I sign this off. Enjoy your evening. Sean's up.